This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for bookings. Kia ora, welcome to Bookends with Moran Rat and Ruth Todd, our last programme for the year. Well, yes, what a year it's been. There's been some stupendous books put out. I, I can't know. believe it. Yes. yes. And uh, I've got quite a different one. Uh, it's a book of essays, um, New Zealand writers on notable New Zealanders, and I'm talking with Catherine Robertson. Yes, and I'm talking with Tina Shaw, who's a um, novelist uh, and um, also editor of a new collection of writing um, that's about the pandemic, about COVID, and um, brings in some really fresh new voices. And Ruth and I want to wish you all a very happy Christmas and a very relaxing new year. And I hope you've got a big pile of books to read because uh, we've certainly had some amazing people on the programme this year. Thank you to all those writers out in New Zealand who are keeping us well occupied and challenged. The situation. We buy 45 tonnes of flour and haul it home, trailing illicit white lines. Powder mountains soon fill the living room and we treat the hallway like a black-grade ski slope. This can't be hygienic, we cry, whizzing breakneck towards the bolted back door. We draw all the drapes and bake, marshmallows of dough so fat we have to clamber aboard to knead them. The kneading is more like trampolining. We crack our heads on the ceiling and crawl away to hide in the toilet paper fort. I'm not phoning the bloody doctor, we whimper, using two-ply to staunch everything. We execute midnight raids on nurseries, have 28 trailer loads of topsoil trucked in. I love the smell of corrupted nurserymen in the moonlight. We fulfil a lifelong dream of turning the rooftop into a food forest. Up there, breathing deep, we ting like wind chimes and beep like birds as we descend on swaying papaya. Without using our hands, we devour them whole. Up here, we own the cityscape, and over there is our old school, and over there our friend's house, and way over there, the crematorium and the hospital. Their roofs are sequins at sundown. Much as we like to miss the news, we keep a radio handy, leave an ear free to consider the situation. For Northland, Auckland, Bay of Plenty, the Central High Country and Coromandel, there will be rain. For Gisborne and for Hawke's Bay, Horafenua, Kapiti and Taranaki, there will be rain. For Waikato, Wellington and Wairarapa, also the Bay of Plenty, there will be rain. For Nelson, Westland, Marlborough and Canterbury, rain. From Buller to Fiordland, rain. For Otago, Southland and even the Chatham Islands, we told you already, rain, heavy and thundery from evening. That was Christchurch writer Zoe Meager reading the situation from a new anthology of Fresh Ink, Voices Reflecting on COVID-19 from Aotearoa, New Zealand 2021. 
Tina Shaw, a writer in, in her own right, which is a good way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Tina. Tina, you're Hello. the publisher, um, one of the publishers of um, Cloud Inc., who has um, put this anthology together. And I imagine you were probably involved in the selection of work? Yes. Um, uh, first of all, yes, I'm on the executive of Cloud Inc., which, which is a small boutique publishing company. Um, so there's a bunch of us who kind of run it. And then I was basically the editor of this collection. So I made the selection of the work. You know, we did a call out and we had a specific theme of, COVID, you know, looking at COVID. And, um, and of course, this all took place well before the current Delta COVID was happening, started happening. Uh, so I went through the work and selected, um, made a selection and yeah, we've come up with some incredible work of this poetry, there, there are stories, uh, there are a few artworks and um, really had a terrific reaction from people. You know, so many varied uh, thoughts and feelings around COVID and some of it, you know, sort of out of the box. Some, you know, some stories are not quite what you'd expect. No, they're not. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed the fact that I was reading work from people I didn't know, hadn't read before. And mm -hmm. uh, so I think you've done a remarkable job of, of bringing out a lot of new um, and exciting writers. Yes, you know, we've got so many neat new writers. Um, there are a few who have not been published before. This will be their first publication, including, you know, a lovely 13-year-old. Um, well, she was 13 when she wrote and sent in her story, and um, she's now 14, I believe. And uh, she was writing about being homeschooled during lockdown. So, you know, from the very young right through to quite well-known and celebrated writers such as Siobhan Harvey and um, Janet Sharman. And, and you know, we've had a couple of authors who, since we've published the book, have gone on, you know, just recently um, to win various things, like um, Tom Baraguanis, who is based in Paris, and he wrote us a, a lovely story. It's sort of it's stream goody. of consciousness. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yep. And Seth in Paris, which he knows, and he's just just won the Michael Gifkins Prize for a first novel. So yeah, it's very exciting. Um, and the perspectives, as you say, are often quite surprising and um, re very refreshing. I was thinking, of course, reading this now, and um, it, while the, the current COVID outbreak is on. Um, mm. And people seem to be, you know, a lot more despairing now and, um, you know, probably just having to come to grips with the fact that we're going to have to live with this pestilence. Uh, it'll be interesting to call for call for another round of, of, of people's work and to see how it reflects a different feeling about lockdown. Yeah, it would be. That would be so interesting to compare. Um, and I agree, you know, I think this time around there is more despair and it's a different feeling. And the 
work in this collection, of course, is really referencing the first lockdown we had and the, you know, that lock, that COVID, the initial COVID. Um, so I think perhaps you know there is there is possibly more optimism and and you know the way people have come at it, you know, like. I love the story, Abel Abbas's orthopedic shoes, which is partly told from the point of view of an elephant in the year 801. Um, But really, it's about a friendship during COVID between this older couple. And oh, one writer who's talking about seeing the the statue of Elvis on Dominion Road. And, you know, she's she's gone a bit down a rabbit hole with her. She's got some, something wrong with her hands. And, you know, her anxiety about COVID is coming out through this uh, sort of situation with her hands as she goes to see a palm reader and then she sees a hand specialist. You know, so it's... It's really quite interesting what people have done. And, of course, a lot about birds. You remember with the first COVID, we were all thinking about and looking at birds. And hearing Um, birdsong for the first time often. Hearing birdsong. I don't know if we've been quite so aware of that this second time around. Now, there's an interesting connection with birds because there's a lovely um, drawing, I don't know who did it, of the kakapo on the cover of this, and you're um, you're giving a donation from sales. Yeah, and we do that with each uh, Fresh Ink publication because we this is something, an anthology we put out every two years. And, um, yes, the cover's lovely. That's from Suzanne Day, an artist based in Auckland. Um, and I think, uh, oh, the last the last collection we did, we um, gave a donation to the native falcon. So, and there's a bird on every cover. So that's quite a nice link with the idea of birds and birdsong and COVID as well. And, yeah, and a donation to the Kakapo Recovery Programme, so worthwhile. Thank you, Tina, for all the work you've done putting this anthology together. I think it's uh, refreshing, as I said, and it's uh, it's really important to to capture this moment in our history and be be you know people. I think people will be will feel optimistic after reading it and rethink how they're how they're feeling right now. I like to think so. The anthology is Fresh Ink, Voices Reflecting on COVID-19 from Aotearoa, New Zealand 2021, and it's published by Cloud Inc. You're listening to Bookends on Plains FM 96.9. Nine Lives, New Zealand Writers on Notable New Zealanders, It's published by Upstart Press, and they asked nine acclaimed New Zealand writers to provide an essay on a notable New Zealander of their choice. Some subjects are well known, others not, but the essays are all inspiring, intriguing studies, and the writers take a fresh look and provide unexpected insights with views of their subjects often at odds with the mainstream. Welcome to um, Catherine Robertson. Welcome to the programme, Catherine. 
Thank you for having me. Well, you're one of my favourite fiction writers, and when oh. I saw your name before I saw anything else, I thought, oh, well, um, I must get this copy of this book because Margaret Sparrow is the same age as me, and in the 1970s, we uh, I didn't know her well, but I did interview her in 1993. I remember Suffragette when we were doing a programme uh, here at Plains and uh, some on national radio with um, people who were outstanding women and I have always admired her so what a choice Well it was um, because Kevin Chapman who runs Upstart Press gave us all free reign on who we choose and I mean I had always um, there was no doubt that I was going to choose a woman to write about and my shortlist was three and I sent these, they were all dames by the way and I sent them to Kevin and I said you know, the one that leaps out and he says, no, you choose. And instantly I knew it was going to be Margaret. Um, and obviously from the essay, because it is, you know, my when I first met Margaret, um, she was performing a termination when I was 21. And I'd always sort of regretted that I didn't know more about her at the time because she was so impressive and she'd been working so hard for women's reproductive rights for, you know, a couple of decades before um, she ever met me, and and I just yeah, I'd always thought about her and sort of kept track of her, and had my admiration for her had grown, and it just seemed a natural thing um, to write an essay about her, and I'm so glad I did. Oh, so am I, so am I, because it brought all that time back to me um, when you know when we was she was sort of the leader of all yes. the women in New Zealand who were fighting for things like that and it's it's almost um unbelievable that it's only recently become taken been taken out of the criminal system and put under the health system i, I just when that happened yeah. last year or whenever it was not very very long ago i just felt like writing her a letter and saying god i'm glad you lived to see this well i know exactly yeah. i mean you know and she's a hale and hearty um 86 years yeah. old and 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 I talked to her about, you know, and I, I interviewed her on the, by phone as well as doing a lot of sort of reading because her her book that she published, um, oh gosh, must have been in the 90s through Victoria University Press yes. called Abortion Then and Now is is the most extraordinary resource if you ever want to to learn yes. about that those mm. those decades. Um, but I, you know, when I when I talk to her about all these things, it's as fresh to her. She's she's not jaded at all. It's as fresh and sort of interesting to her as it ever was. Um, but she's got that sort of calm, measured approach that she, you know, she's got a, a lovely manner to yes. her. Yeah, and um, and but she was, yeah. I think that she found it quite moving that it had finally happened and oh. that she was around to witness it. Oh yes, I was thrilled about that too. And I gave um, the book for my 24-year-old granddaughter the other day to have a look at it and say, you know, oh, you can wow. read Margaret Sparrow. Who's Margaret Sparrow, yep. she said. You see, they don't yes. know about her. And I'm finding that as I get older, all these people who, are, you know, are my, the women I admire, I, I have yes. sort of tried to follow. And she's um, on Nana. I said, oh, Caroline, you must know about her. No, of course I don't, she said. <laughs> well, no, because the work was done, you know, yes. years before yes. she was born. And it's, still being, it's still being done, obviously, because, you know, as you say, the uh, abortion didn't come out of the Crimes Act till last year. And it's, 
But it is, you know, it is really worth reminding our younger generation of the work that has gone in to make their lives and what they are, the rights that they have now possible and to be grateful. I mean, I interviewed um, Sue Orr, I chaired a session with her at the Verbs Festival in November, and her novel Loop Tracks, of yes. course, is about abortion, and Margaret has a little cameo. And oh. Claire, who organises Verb, invited Margaret to our session. And so we saw her both, so and I, sort of, you know, we hold her in some reverence, and she came and we met her, and it was all lovely. And she said, oh, I brought my very good friend, Carol Shand. And, um, and then so and I afterwards said, were you inwardly going, ah, it's Carol Shand, oh my God, you know, because she was equal to Margaret. Yes, that's know, right. And this work, and it's like meeting these two legends and oh, going, oh my God. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So... Tell me, though, with the essay form, we don't have a lot yes. of essays written in New Zealand, do we? Well, I suppose they're not a book. I haven't read a book like not, this. Not in book collections. I mean, no. we do get collections of personal essays. Yes. Obviously, you know, yes. Young's wonderful collection and some others that have come out. John, you know, John Summers' yes, lovely book of, course. of essays, mm. Commercial Hotel. But I think the, that form is starting to become more popular. Um, and, and I think it, it is a lovely form because it gives you the ability to incorporate research. You know, people do personal essays, et cetera, which can be just about their lives. But I think, you know, with this one in particular, I loved that aspect of research and and trying to incorporate my story in that context and give it more um, sort of depth because a personal story is one thing, but it's one person's experience and understanding all the historical and social context that was around that experience was actually really good for me because I didn't, I, I wasn't really aware at the time. You know, it, it, I mean, it wasn't a particularly traumatic episode for me, but I feel that I think, yeah, I think I would have, I would have looked at it a little bit differently and perhaps a little with a little bit more comfort um, if I'd known all the sort of things that were going on at the time and. It's yeah. I mean, it's a it's a fascinating kind of insight into the work that had to be done, the great strides that women like Margaret, um, just you know, the, the great strides that they brought us as women over those those numbers of decades. It's quite extraordinary. It certainly is, and. Um I've kept all my books from that time because um, some were good, some were not so good. And we didn't ever get a really good Kate Shepard biography. And I'm delighted that um, Katie Pickles at Canterbury University History Department has been commissioned to write Kate's story. Oh, wonderful. And she's a wonderful writer and a wonderful speaker. So... um, much younger, and uh, it's going to be so good because she was amazing over those celebration celebratory times in 1993 and leading up to yeah. it. And uh, Katie's um, really didn't have the time then to do it when she was still studying, but now she has. So I'm thrilled yeah. that's probably going to come out next year. I think. Well, I mean, I feel like when I looked at the profiles that have had been written about Margaret, and most of them are accessible online. I still feel like, yeah, there wasn't, a, you know, apart from Margaret's own memoirs. Yes, that's and, right. Um, that, that, yeah, there, that it, it hasn't really been. I feel, I, you know, and I hate to say this, it's sort of like those posthumous things. I think will probably be a lot of work done. You know, oh, I hope so. Um, yes. When Margaret sort of 
passes on and um, and I think there will be some, some major retrospectives and the appreciation of her. But it's, it's really nice to be able to do something now to bring it to the attention of particularly younger women and just let them know how awesome these people are and how great she That's knows right. it. Yeah, favours that they did us. And I was really pleased to um, see that uh, um, Stephanie Johnson had written um, on yes. Carol Burke because she's an, yes. another good friend of mine and uh, with her, her bookshop has always stood out in her oh, own. Yeah. I, and it was, it was, it's a lovely collection, actually. I mean, I'm sort of, part of me is sort of slightly disappointed that there were only two women. So Margaret and Carol are the only two female subjects and everything else is male, even though the, the writers were, because it's actually 10 writers, but yes, two that's right. chose to mm. do Albert Went. Yes. Yes. So it ended up being nine lives but 10 writers. And uh, so it's a, oh, well, but I, I loved it. I loved the different styles. I loved that Kevin, who commissioned us, didn't put any restrictions on us whatsoever. And he just took them as they came. And I think the book is the better for it because it doesn't. No essay feels the same, um, no in structure or approach, and um, style, which is actually really, really lovely. And I mean, I think Kevin is looking to see whether this could be a regular thing. Um, I shall definitely. I, eat, done I, sh- one. Yeah. I shall definitely ask him when volume two is coming out. When yes, I, when yes, say yes, I've talked with you. Yes. So, from your fiction writing to mm. essay writing. Are there any similar similarities? I mean, you have to do research. I think really the just the the only similarity is really in considering it to be a, a story. You're still trying to tell, tell a story, a story mm. and have a compelling narrative, even if it's an essay form, and even if you're bringing in facts. and And I think you know that that trick of you know when when people are doing fiction books that have a lot of research in them, the tendency is to want to put in all those amazing facts that you learned, but that tends to make the book quite clunky. Uh, so it's the same with an essay. I had to, I, I learned so much and there were so many things I wanted to put in, but I had to be judicious about what I what I included and it could only sort of propel the story forward. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was the first time I've ever written anything personal that wasn't funny, you know, it wasn't yeah. meant for entertainment. Um, and so that was a... I thought it would be harder than it was, and it actually wasn't. It's like once I started writing it, it, w- it all came really easily. And but I think I felt like supported on the story of Margaret. That's the weird. You feel you feel less exposed to talking about that subject. Yes. Because I was kind of I felt like Margaret was kind of holding me up in a way, and so to have our stories intertwined because she was twenty one when she performed, you know, and at that stage, extremely illegal termination yes, um, by drinking and abortifacient that was mm. sourced. And, and I just felt those little synergies and and I really liked that. So, yeah, it sort of, it was, it was less emotionally difficult than I thought because I was in the company of Margaret. She was definitely the right person for you yes. to write about. Yes. So yes. Catherine Robertson has um, the first essay in Nine Lives. It is um, New Zealand writers on notable New Zealanders, and she chose Dame Margaret Sparrow, and it's published by Upstart Press, and I do look forward to volume two. And join us, Moran Rout and Ruth Todd, next Tuesday on Bookends on Plains FM 96.9.